powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. I want you to lift your Bibles high. We're going we're gonna to cover a lot of territory tonight. And uh, as you stand, we're going to lift that high. And I need you all to talk real good to me tonight. Amen. 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 So I, I, I need you to talk real good to me. Literally, I woke up this morning and my throat, the devil was, I, I said, ooh, no. I said, I'm not the one. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? I don't believe in being sick. I don't have time for that. That's against my religion. Tell your neighbor, say it's against mine too. And so I said, no, sir, the devil is a lie. I am not the one. You better get it right. And I had my Simply Orange and, and all that stuff, and I, I, so, I, so I'm here tonight. Touch the neighbor and say, don't be missing church. Uh-huh. So today would have been a great day to say, I'm so tired. My body hurts. My throat, I can barely talk. Y'all, y'all say something to me. Say Amen. Lift your Bible's head. Let's make it. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message I want to look at one scripture before you have your seats. Go to Revelation 1.6. Revelation 1.6, you know it. It is a hallmark of my assignment in the body of Christ. Revelation 1.6. Revelation comes from the Greek word uh, apocalypto, where we get our word apocalypse, which doesn't mean the ending. It means the uncovering or to, or to unveil or to reveal. So the entire book of Revelation is revealing uh, Jesus. Say it's revealing Jesus. Jesus. All right, that's why it's called the revelation or the apocalypto of Jesus. Watch this, Revelation 1, 6, and has made us what? 
and he has made us to struggle and have stress. And he has made us to be broke, busted, and disgusted. And he has made us to have lack and always begging. No, that's not what it says. And he has made us what? Made us just happy that we made it this far. Just struggling to live another day. And he has made us what? Kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have an announcement for you. Your days of stress, strain, and financial struggle are over right now. That was the wrong neighbor because they apparently didn't believe it. Look at that other one and say, neighbor, I have an announcement for you. You spent your last day in lack. From this day forward, financial abundance shall be yours. If you believe it, I need Wednesday Night Live to give him praise. I said, I need somebody that believes it to give him praise. I need... I need somebody that says, I'm not going to be broke another day of my life. I'm not going to have debt another day of my life. I'm not going to stress over money another day of my... Father, I decrease now that you might increase. Move in us now that we might walk in what you have ordained. We thank you, Father. We ask that you would shift the paradigm in which everybody under the sound of my voice has been operating in. You did not die for your people to have lack. You did not die for your people to have stress, strain, and financial struggle. You died that your people would have life, zoe, and life more abundantly. And tonight, somebody shout tonight. And tonight, I declare that that change begins to happen in their lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. High five two or three people around you. Tell them, let's handle business. Let's handle business. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's handle business. I feel something in here. Watch this. I said, I feel something in here. I, somebody's going to get a business deal that's going to open up. Somebody's going to get a bonus. Some, some unexpected financial increases coming to somebody. Something's getting ready to fall off somebody's credit. And it should be there for another seven years. But the... I, I, I got to get in this. Revelation 1 6. And he has made us what? All right, look at your neighbor and say, You are a king. You are a priest. Uh, please understand what I got to do as we get into this tonight. We're going to talk about the art of handling business. This is a mantra that I live by in my life. Please understand when I talk to you about being a curse breaker and all those things, I'm not talking theory. I'm talking what I've seen him do in my life. I'm not talking to some Bible verses that I read. I'm not talking to some stuff I heard somebody say off the TV. I'm not getting some message from family Christian bookstores and re-preaching it to you. I'm telling you what I've seen him and watched him do in my own life, which means please understand, touch your neighbor, touch your neighbor, say it's going to be good for us. 
So, so as we get into this tonight, before I get into these principles, I need to set you up and as it relates to the mentality you must have. I have to bust you out of the slave mentality. And the slave mentality is not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's not a cultural thing. Um, the slave mentality, watch this, is just something that has existed. Please understand, you've been passed stuff down for generations and generations and generations. And oftentimes that stuff has remained uh, in your pathology or the way in which you think. And it's not been accurate. Touch your neighbor and say, we are not slaves. Please understand, so we, we got to bust that mentality because if you think like a slave, then you'll live every day just trying to get by rather than thrive. If you think like a slave, you'll live every day just trying to just make it through the end of that day rather than sapping everything you can get up out of that day. So I got I to get this understanding. This. We are kings and what? All right, so kings, watch this. That means we are administrators of God's authority. Say, I'm an administrator of God's authority. All right, watch that. So, so l l literally the word there is the Greek word basilia, uh, where we get uh, lots of different terms. But to make it very simple for the purpose of tonight's teaching, it means we're supposed to have success. Say success. All right. Now, what does that mean, Bishop? It means that in, in any business endeavors that we engage in, we should succeed. In any business endeavors we engage in, we should succeed. But then he's made us priests. Say, I'm spiritual. So the purpose of success for a priest is to please the God that the priest serves, not to please self. The reason some people don't really get a good understanding of success and business and life is because their motives are all jacked up. And if your motives are wrong, then please understand your methods will normally be also. So what is the reason you want to succeed? Now, let's just define success. Success is doing what you were created to do. And in doing what you were created to do, please understand, God says that, that uh, if a man works, he should eat. Because he says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Which tells me by deductive logic, if a man who does work, that he should eat. Now, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, a lot of times in the church, people talk about the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. All right, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and we talk about uh, all of that. And so uh, I've talked in depth about this very often, and a lot of people talk about, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. We thank God for the gifts. Say, thank God for the gifts. Uh, we talk about the, uh, uh, all of the wonderful things that come. We talk about the gift of unknown tongues that come, and we celebrate that. But, but there's a much greater reason that we were given the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to refill me. Refill. All right, if you've never be filled, if you've never been filled, say Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me now. All right, good. So then by the time you leave up out of here, we're going to believe that if you needed a refilling, you're going to get a refilling. If you need to be filled the first time, you're going to get filled. All right, please understand. It's just that simple. How do we get it? The same way we got saved. We asked for it. Very, very simple. Now, 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 now say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You got to say it like you're from the deep south. Say Holy Ghost. Holy and then you got to shake your head. You got to get to. So let's practice. Say, Holy Ghost. Then you got to get a little shake. <laughs> now, Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power. Watch this. Because I'm, I'm showing you why you're a king and a priest. I'm showing you why God needs you to be that. And you shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. Say, witnesses. In Jerusalem, that's your city, Judea, for purposes of my illustration, that would be your region, and Samaria, that would be your country, and to the ends of the earth, that would be the world. Now, watch this. That word witness means an eye or ear witness, a martyr, or to serve him by a testimony. All right? So, in other words, he says, you shall receive power to do what? To be a witness. 
So the purpose of the Holy Spirit uh, coming and dwelling in us was not just so that we could pray an unknown tongue, which that's a benefit. It was not just so that we could experience the gifts of the Spirit. That's a benefit, though. But there's a greater purpose. So there's a greater purpose. He said, I want you to be an eye or an ear witness. What does that mean? I've either seen it or I heard it. And he says, I want you to serve me by your testimony. Now, please understand, your neighbor looks really good. But can I tell you, they've got a testimony. Can I tell you that they may look, they just made all the hell that they've gone through. They made it look easy. Because if you knew the struggles they had to deal with and the problems they had to deal with and the issues they had to confront and the sickness they had to beat. And the, y'all not hearing what I'm saying? They just make it look easy. Touch them, say, thank you for making it look so easy. Now, why do they need to make it look easy? Because there's somebody that needs to know that they can go through hell and come out licking an ice cream cone. There's somebody that needs to know they can start from the bottom. And not, y'all not hearing what I'm saying? There's somebody that needs to know that if that he's able. Touch your neighbor and say, he is able. Now, watch this. But it says, and you shall receive power. Now, I'm telling you why you're a king and a priest. I'm a king and a priest. So that means we're spiritual and successful. Just to make it real plain, I could give you a, Greek, a, a deep etymolo- etymological study of the words in Greek, but for the sake of our discussion today, because I need to give you the principles, it just means we're spiritual. Say, I'm spiritual, and I'm, a su- and I'm successful. Come on, say it, Harvey. Say, I'm spiritual, and I'm successful. All right, so watch this. Now, in Acts 1, now these are the Acts of the Apostles. Now, the Apostles, when they go to the upper room, uh, which is uh, the cynical, it's called. It's believed to be over the tomb of David. Uh, When they go there, they've already received the Holy Ghost. We know that because John 20 teaches us that Jesus had breathed on them, and so they had received the Holy Spirit. So when the Apostles are there gathered with the other disciples that have remained, a remnant of approximately 120 persons or so that are uh, in the upper room on the day of Pentecost or the Hebrew Feast of Shavuot. Y'all still with me? While they're up there, uh, the apostles already have it, but now the people need to receive it. And so the scripture says that the Holy Ghost comes like a rushing mighty wind. And, and, but before he comes, Jesus says, now the reason you're going to receive the Holy Ghost and all the Holy Spirit is, is the breath of God. Say the breath of God. So God is spirit and God is one. Now check this out. God through time has revealed himself as a father, as son, and as Holy Spirit. But it is one. Say he is one. Ain't three people and ain't three things going on up there. It's one God. Please understand, you are one person that may be an employee that's also somebody's sister, that's also somebody's cousin, but you're one person. So there are three different manifestations of the oneness that you already are. Watch this now. So then the father was a manifestation of the oneness that he already is. But then the son was a manifestation of the oneness that he already is. And then God says, I'm so cool that watch this. Even when I leave, I'm going to send you a part of the manifestation of the oneness that I am called my breath. Why did he leave us his breath? So that watch this now. Anywhere we go, every time we speak, we'd be, we'd be speaking as if he was speaking. So watch this. So it came on them as a rushing mighty wind. And then Jesus said, now before he came, before the Holy Ghost, the breath of God came and dwelt in the people. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said. You're going to receive power. Say power. And he said, but you're going to get that power to be my what? My eye or ear witness to serve me through your testimony. But now watch this. Say power. Power is this Greek word dunamis. Which means, which means it's a miracle within itself. Let me help you understand how, how, how strong you are. It's a miracle within itself. 
Because you know other folk that went through the same thing you went through and they lost their natural born mind. But you, <laughs> you had power that was keeping you. And is there anybody in here that knows about the power of the Holy Ghost? Won't he make you win when everybody else says you're going to lose? Won't he keep you? Say, I'm a miracle. Baby, if I never ever see another one manifest, I'm a living, within, talking, breathing, walking. Must... Sean, I'm a miracle. So now watch this. Watch this. God, it means it means you shall receive, watch this, a miracle within itself. A dunamis, this word in the Greek. It means ability, and you shall receive ability. Say ability. But then watch this. He says, you shall receive might. Say might. Say power. Strength. Mighty work. Moral power. Excellence. But now watch this. Now all of these are definitions for this word dunamis, but I need to give you those that are going to tie into the principles we're going to get into tonight. You shall receive abundance. I need to break you out of the mentality of being a slave and get you to the mentality of being a king and a priest. God says, and you shall receive abundance. But then watch this. But then he also says this definition of this word dunamis, it also means violence. Touch your neighbor, say, I don't know about you. But life has pushed me around for the last time. If I could get you to get as excited about your future as you get angry at the people who overcharge you $4 at the doggone store, then I'm telling you, you could really be something. If you start getting violent about your future, the kingdom suffers violent, but violent men and women take it by force. What does violent mean? It means I'm focused and I'm unwavering. It means I know that I know that I know that I know. It may not look good right now, but my God is working something exceedingly great. Tell your neighbor, say, get violent about your future. Stop just laying back and taking whatever life throws at you and start standing up and saying, this is the day that the Lord has made, which means whatever happened in the day, the Lord knew it was going to happen before he put me in the day, which means he gave me the violence, the power to take it and beat it. Okay, but watch this. But watch this. But, but let me get to where we're going. But watch this. But watch this. The power and influence with comes with riches. That's what this word power. Put up Acts 1-8 for me, please. And you shall receive the power that, and influence that comes with riches. That's what the word means. But you shall receive the power and influence which comes with riches. It, it is a word. It, it is this phrase, I've taught it to you before, pecuniary ability. For my note takers, let me spell it for you. P-E-C-U-N-I-A-R-Y, pecuniary ability. Please understand, uh, uh, I want to I I clean this up real nice. Um, sometimes in life, um, Let me say it like this. I, I, I know I, I'm really, I'm trying to really clean this one up. Um, sometimes, 
You ever heard of a golden rule that's, that, that, that was kind of a play on the words where they say, he who, have a, who, he who has the gold makes the rules? Yes, you ever heard that one? Um, people who have riches approach life differently than those that don't. So even if they're wrong, they say, well, we'll just buy ourselves out of it. And what God is saying is, I need you. Watch this. God says, I'll get you out too. But God says, I want you to have the influence and power that comes to where when there's an issue in the city, you just say, well, how much is it going to cost? That's it? When they need to find a cure for something, they say, well, we could get how much? He says, and you shall receive pecuniary ability. Now, touch your neighbor and say, that's got two things. There's two layers to that. Because the first layer of that is that God literally wants you to get that influence by virtue of being a king and a priest, meaning you're spiritual and successful. But the second layer of that is that God says, while you're on your way, the Holy Ghost will make it as if you are that before you are that. It has a name. It's called favor. And favor is preferential treatment. God says, while you're on your way to riches, I'm going to give you influence like you already got it. That's why if you look back over that situation, it doesn't really make sense how you got favored and somebody else had more than you. But God says, I'll give you pecuniary ability, which means you have influence and power as if you're rich. All right, so watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You, you still here? All right, so before we get into the principles, there's one more scripture I want you to go to. Go to Luke 19 and 11. So you're a king and a priest, and God says, I give you the Holy Ghost because I want you to have abundance. <laughs> abundance means not paycheck to paycheck. That's not abundance. That's not abundance. If that's where you were, and if that's where you were, tonight, if I was you, I'd encourage you to draw. Tell you what I've seen him do. Touch your neighbor and say, draw. Don't just sit back and think, oh, that's neat, that's neat, that's neat. Who needs some increase? Who wants to see greater success in your life? But if I was you, I'd draw. What does that mean? I didn't put an expectation on this atmosphere. Because it only takes one word to, okay, here it is. Here it is. I hear it. I hear the Holy Ghost real clear right there. I heard him real clear. That's why you can't miss Wednesday nights. My God. I heard him real clear right there. One word from Pharaoh released millions of people like that. 
You're not hearing me. One word. Somebody shout one word. One word released millions of people that have been in bondage for 430 years. You didn't hear me. When Moses walked in to see Pharaoh, they were still slaves. When Moses walked out of meeting with Pharaoh, they were free. Tonight, I got an announcement for somebody. God says tonight begins the the chains that have been on your finances and your success, tonight they begin to break. I said tonight they begin to break. And that slave mentality you've been operating in, tonight that begins to break. And if you believe that, I need you to shout and bless his name. One word. One word. One word. Watch this. Watch this. Luke 19 and 11. Luke 19 and 11. Luke 19 and 11. Luke 19 and 11. See, you should have left my throat alone, and then I wouldn't have did all of that. But since you messed my throat, I'm going to set some folk free tonight. Yes, sir. You don't mess with me and not have to pay for it. You don't pay me. <laughs> now, Luke 19, 11, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. Now, a parable is a story that's used to prove or teach a what? Principle. So anywhere we see a parable, we need to be looking for a principle. Not P-A-L, but P-L-E. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another principle to them. Because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God would appear what? Immediately. Here's what happened. They thought when the Messiah, the Moshiach, the Hebrews. Now, remember, the Hebrews are uh, enslaved, if you will, they, uh, by the Romans. But the Romans did slavery different than all the other people groups. The Romans, rather than um, displacing the people and bringing them uh, to uh, Rome, what they did is they sent governors and ambassadors to go. Uh, uh, governors, a better word than ambassador but they sent people that were there to rule over the people and teach them how to be like romans in jerusalem which is the same thing god did with you and i see please understand jeremiah before i formed you in your mother's womb i knew you which means before you got here you were with god in heaven and then god decided i need somebody to go show them how to turn earth into heaven so watch this. Let me tell you how important you are. God said, I need somebody to go show them how to turn earth into heaven. So I'm going to send you to do it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You, you better look, look at them and say, you don't have a clue who you sit next to. When God wanted to turn the earth into looking like heaven, he picked you. You're not hearing what I'm saying, which means it does matter that you were born, which means it does matter that you're alive, which means you better get those depression thoughts out of your life. You better get those discouraging thoughts out of your life. You better get those suicidal thoughts out of your life. Why, Bishop? Because when God was picking people to show the earth how to turn into heaven, he sent you. So what's this? Luke 19:11. When Jesus came, they just thought that Jesus was going to overthrow Caesar. Instead, he, he did something more powerful. He did something more powerful. They thought he was going to overthrow the Caesar and he was going to put them in charge. But the truth is, is he didn't want them in charge because he knew that they weren't good leaders. They desired power, but they didn't desire authority. There is a difference. Authority knows how to properly use power. 
Think of it like this. Authority, if you had a laser, the laser is the power. The authority is what the laser comes out of. Let's take authority to another level. It's who controls the laser. So you've got power, but if you don't have authority, that's why there are two Greek words, exousia and dunamis. There are two different words there. You still here? So power, watch this. Power is if you were strong like Incredible Hope, you'd go out and stop a car. You'd be like, I told you not to come past me, and you know, you like, stop them. But authority can put up a badge and say, stop. They wanted power, but they didn't know how to walk in authority. All right, but now, but, but let me just move this. I got to get you the principles. So now remember, this is a what? A parable, which is designed to teach a principle. So verse 12, therefore, he said, a certain <clears throat> nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered them 10 minas and said to them, uh, uh, do business till I what? Come. Do what? Till I what? Now, so that you get an understanding, the, no, the, the nobleman in this particular parable, at this particular point in the parable, is typed to Jesus. The servants are typed to us. So the man goes and says, listen, I'll be back. But while I'm gone, do business. And he gave them 10 minas, which was a Greek measure uh, of a particular kind of income. Verse, verse 14. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Now, who are his citizens? Now, let's just take for instance, who are his citizens referring to in this particular passage? He was a Jew. So who would be his citizens? The Jews. But the Jews hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Okay, I, I, I sounded, I sounded, yeah, okay, just show you different layers to the text. Verse 15, and so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants who had given the money. What, so what did he give them? Money. Do, re, and the me. To be called to him that he might know, watch this, how much every man gained by trading. Jesus said, now remember, in the, in the parable, who's the nobleman? Jesus. Who are the servants? Us. Who are the citizens? The Jews. So the nobleman comes back and says, show me what you have based on what I gave you. See, I'm here to tell somebody, you keep saying, well, if I had this and I had this. Can I tell you something? You have what you've been dealt. So what are you doing with it? So when Jesus came back, Jesus said, tell me how rough it's been. He says, no, show me the money. Okay. All right, all right, verse 16. Then came the first saying, master, your miner has earned 10 minas. And he said, read it. Well, now, now, wait a minute. Well, now, wait a minute. He was faithful in the business affairs, so he got authority, which means he couldn't get power and authority being sloppy. Just because he had a shando in his spirit. Him being a good person didn't give him a reward. 
him handling business did. I'm going to get somebody to get this tonight. Verse 18. And the second came saying, Master, your miner has earned five miners. He said, likewise. Or likewise, he said to him, you should be over what? That's not bad. Because if you're over the city, that means you get to tax the city, which means you receive a portion of the tax. He said, so you were faithful in this for a little while, so now I'm going to give you a perpetual stream later on. All right, all right. Verse 20, then another came saying, Master, I've had a rough life. It's not fair the way things happen to me. I'm a single mother. I'm a single father. I had somebody steal from me. I've been betrayed. All my life I had to fight. So I put it away in this handkerchief because I feared you because I knew you were an austere man and you collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I'm going to judge you, you wicked servant. He calls him wicked because he didn't handle business. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to handle business. You knew that I collect where I didn't deposit and reap where I did not sow. Verse 23. Why didn't you at least just put the money in the bank so at least I could have got some interest? Then he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him and give it to the one that has the most. So maybe there's a reason. Hear me. I'm not. Let me be very clear. I'm not at all endorsing materialism or that kind of thing. I'm not because you can have money and be crazy. What I am endorsing is handling business. And I'm going to walk, and we're walking through that. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Right, so I'm not saying be materialistic and go out. I'm not saying that because that, please understand, all that at the end of the day doesn't really mean nothing if you don't have your priorities together. So let me be crystal clear about that, number one. And then number two, uh, let me be crystal clear uh, about this. Uh, look what Jesus, Jesus says. He says, give it to the one that has what? Ten. Now, that man had the most, and he just got 10 cities. But you know why he gave him more? Watch this. Because the master said he handles business. And because he can handle business, I know I can give him what I can't give you because you're sloppy and go, go spend my money on Black Friday when what you show. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You're sloppy with your business. You don't tithe, yet you got new shoes. You're sloppy with your business. He said, he said you're sloppy with your business, so I, I, no, I'm not giving it to you. And the one with five, that's nice, but if the, if the one got ten, then you could have did better. He said, so. He said, so, what am I going to do? Give it to the one with the most. And look what they said, the next verse. Put up the next verse. But they said to him, Master, he already got enough. You ever looked at somebody and said, yeah, especially Christmas time, where do you get somebody that has everything? Some more. Look at verse 26. For I say to you that to everyone that has will be what? Given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. But bring here those, these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and kill them in front of me. Now, I want you to get this. 
You ever heard this saying, the rich get richer and that other? Don't, no, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. But you know the rest of it, right? All right. Let me, let me show you where that concept comes from. This parable. The one who handled business properly was given power and authority so he could be trusted with more. I said, some of you on your jobs, you're like, they keep giving me more. Would you stop? I got to, let me tell you why. <laughs> because you proved you're a tin minor man or a tin minor woman. They keep giving you more because they know you can handle it. Stop complaining about more. I don't know if I can do it. Shut up. That's the best compliment you could be given is being more, getting given more to do. You don't give more to do to the one minor man. All you want him to do is just, just have your seat, sir. You can't do nothing. But you, you can run that, 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 that. Just your neighbor say, I'm the 10 minor person. So that's where this concept comes from. This concept comes right out of Scripture. This is not the only parable that illustrates this concept. That, watch this, if you are faithful over little, you get to be ruler over much. Now, let me give you this real quick, and then we're going to get into the principles. Y'all all right? All right, Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the what? Kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, his righteousness, that just means doing things the way he does. The kingdom just means his M.O. Now, What's important to God? So seeking the kingdom first means we put what's important to God, we make it important to us. Everybody understand that? Uh, everybody understand that? All right, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. I make what's important to God important to me, and I do things his way. And all these what? Things. Well, what are the things? If you read before the verse, he talks about the clothing and all this kind of stuff. He says, everything you need, it'll be added to you when I'm first. So, but here's what happens. But here's what happens. A lot of people see this, and they're very spiritual, but they're not very kingly. Because they'll say, I've been praying all day. That's excellent. But what you need is a job. So after you pray, you need to go on to Google.com or whatever. No endorsement implied. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I was fasting all last week. Excellent. But what you need is a budget. So you're spiritual, but you, so you got the priest side, but you're not working in the king side. It's quiet in here. You ever met somebody that, that just was the most, you looked at him and thought, wow, I wish I could be spiritual like that one day. You ever look at somebody like that? I mean, and they would pray, and you listen to their prayer, and you start quickening. Quickening is a church colloquialism, which means just turn to the side. And you look at them, you'd be like, wow, wow. But then you looked at their life, and like, if you're so spiritual, why are you struggling? Because they got the priest side, but they're not working the king side. They stopped their tongues and didn't get pecuniary ability. They got happy with a Hishata and a Mitsubishi, a Subaru, and a Honda, but they never got a budget. It's quiet in here. So say, I am spiritual and successful. I'm a king and a priest. I can pray 
and go to the bank. Now, again, I want to be crystal clear. I'm not, in, I'm not at all endorsing materialism. I want to be crystal clear. How many cars you have or the make and model of your car and how many rooms you have in your house and all that, that, that really, at the end of the day, that alone is nothing. Amen. Things by themselves are nothing. Amen. Does that make sense? Who cares if you got a million dollars and you're crazy? Because at some point, even your money can't buy friends at some point. At <laughs> some point, they're going to raise the price on you. <laughs> they're going to say, yeah, I go to dinner, but I'm going to need a car. That's what I'm going to need a car. <laughs> All right. All right. So say, God, God must, be first. must be first. So let me be clear. Uh, he must be first in our time. It's our church attendance. Our testimony. That's telling other people about Jesus. Our treasure. That's our giving. Talent, that's our serving in church. And thirst, that's in our praise and worship. These are things you've been hearing me talk a lot about lately towards the end of this calendar year. Because the way you end a thing determines how you begin a thing. So if you end the calendar year, because we began a new spiritual year uh, at Rosh Hashanah, but if we end the calendar year and he's not first, you're going to begin the calendar year and he won't be first. The way you end the thing is the way you begin the thing, which means if you had a, a real, okay, let me help, okay, let me stop. Some of y'all, you're trying to walk into new relationships, but your previous thing ended horribly, and you, and you had no healing time. Your healing was talking to the new thing. And so the issue you have is that the way that ended is the way this is beginning. So you didn't heal, and now you're trying to move into something else. So it will fail. I'm just trying to save you some money. That's all I'm... Say you some therapy, some tears. All right. So if God is not first in those areas, then eventually, eventually you will not succeed. Okay? Because you may look at people and say, hey, look, they, God they ain't got God first and they're succeeding. Watch the time. Time has a way. I, 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 my God. The scripture talks about in Ecclesiastes how God sometimes will delay judgment. So it may look like people are getting away with this and getting away with that. No, no, no. Please understand. God says, oh, no, I keep the books. And if the system didn't do this and this didn't do this and this didn't do this and that, God says, rest assured, I keep the books. And vengeance is mine, says the Lord. All right. All right. So let me give you, y'all ready to get into the principles? I need to lay the foundation, so let me give you the principles. So I want to start the right out of the book. And I encourage you, if you don't have the book, to get the book. Um, I, I had to go through a whole bunch to learn a lot of the principles in this book, as I encourage you to, to do that. And by no means am I espousing myself to be a um, financial guru, if you will. I just know how to read, write, and do arithmetic. And so because of that, I can give you scripture or principles that will work for me and principles that are right out of the Holy Scriptures, the sacred writ, we call it. So I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down, too. You are the CEO of your life. So we're going to start with 10 principles for business, for successful, successful business. And uh, again, as a, an entrepreneur who's experienced uh, success, I can tell you that these principles are going to help you. Amen. All right. So now, but watch this. These principles transcend into your life. If you're the CEO of your life, then that means you have to start living life as a business owner. 
or chief executive, if you will. Because, let's, so let's get the corporate structure down. You ready? All right, this is a corporation in which God owns all the stock. Do you understand that? You were bought with a price. So everything in your bank account is not yours. Do you understand that? God owns all the stock. Does anybody say he's on, he owns all the stock? What he's done as not only the owner of all the stock and not only the chairman of the board, and he, watch this, and he's the only board member. He consults with himself. I feel it here. Jehovah Nisi looks over at Elohim. Elohim looks at El Shaddai. El Shaddai looks at Jireh. Jireh looks at Shalom and says, what shall we decide? That's why when God said, let us, he wasn't talking to a son and the Holy Ghost. He was talking to all the manifestations of the glory that he is. All right. So watch this. <clears throat> watch this. He owns all the stock. He's chairman of the board. What he's done is he's allowed you to be the steward or the chief executive officer of your life. Parents, if you're a parent, then you're the chief executive over them. You understand that? I know, I know we liked it. Those are my kids. I just actually need to correct you. Those are actually his. And you're the manager. Don't you tell me how to raise my kids. Actually, technically, they're not yours. The Bible explicitly says children are the Lord's inheritance. So they're actually his. Just as a point of technical clarification. So watch this. God's allowed you. You serve at the pleasure of the chairman of the board. If we were in the government, you serve at the pleasure of the president. In the church house, you serve at the pleasure of the bishop. Now, watch this. Uh, you serve at the pleasure of God, which means you're a steward. Say, I'm a steward. Okay, which means the reason that success is important to God is because you are a reflection of, watch this, of what it is he's given you to manage. So watch this. Don't complain about why you're not getting promoted on your job. Okay, in the government, they have like, you know, level, what do they call it, EO1s or what do they call them? GS, GS, okay, you got GS1, GS2, whatever, how you got. Here's the deal. Don't complain if you are two and you really want to be a 14, but you work like a one. Okay, because that, that's not good management. So the chairman of the board is going to look at the, you know what, you know what board members do? Board members say, show me the financials. Owners, when they go in to check on a, on a, on a particular establishment, if they're, if they're an owner and they've got lots of different restaurants or whatever, one of the things, one of, one of the things they're going to see is they're going to show me, show me the financials. So I'm going to see a P&L. That's a profit and loss. Show me the P&L. I want to see that. What are we doing? How much did we make? And you don't get to, well, you know, it's no, 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 no. No, I don't need no explanation. I want to see the numbers. I don't want to hear no explanation. If I got to hear an explanation with the numbers, you're fired. What I need you for, if all you got is explanations, I want some money. I'm not in business for the thrill of it. I'm in business to make some dough, some ray, and some meat. That is a, uh, shall we say, contemporary colloquialism, which means some money. Y'all got it? All right, so when you look at your life that way, you'll stop making emotional decisions because you realize I'm the chief executive, and I don't want the owner and the chairman of the board to tell me I'm fired. Because of my poor performance. Does everybody understand that? So you're going to stand before God and you're going to have to give him the financials. Not just that you gave your heart to the Lord. That's nice. But he's going to like, that's wonderful. Show me the books. 
Husbands, he's going to say, show me the proof that I, show me why I shouldn't have told her to leave your, to, uh, to, uh, she better be better after getting with you than she is before she was with you. You're the CEO, you're the manager, you're the steward. Number one, here we are. These principles are understand. Research your industry well. They're going to play some on the screen for you. They're going to show you a few at a time. Research your industry well. In business, research your industry well. Be a student of your craft. And even if you're not a business owner, if you're a customer service rep, research. Be the best. Be the best. Okay? Any environment that, this is me talking about me. Any environment I've ever uh, been in, in a, in a secular arena, I've always, I just always reached, because I wanted to be the best, not for purposes of competing with other people. I could care less what the other people were doing. For me, I thrive well when I'm number one, when I'm at the top. Does that make sense? So I, I, you have to research your industry well. Touch your name and say research. Okay, so remember, these principles transcend business. So if, if you're an employee somewhere, don't think, well, this doesn't apply to me. No, it does. You're the CEO of your life, and in that position, you are the CEO of that position. So research your industry well. Know what you're doing. Be a student. Everybody understand that? Okay, which means you should know everything there is to know about whatever it is you do. If you're an admin, you should know everything there is to know about being an admin. Because if you say, well, I'm just using this as a stepping stone, I don't, you ain't stepping up. That's your, the, the, the finality of what you will ever be is locked inside of your pride. Research your industry well. Be the best. If you're a fry maker, know the proper temperature for those fries to drop. No, I'm serious. See? Slaves don't think that way. They're like, man, y'all got my check. That's a slave. A king and a priest says, oh, no, folk come and ask for my fries. I have a restaurant I like to go to, and, 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 and when I go, um, I have a restaurant I like to go to, and when I go, I, I always ask for this particular server because she does a phenomenal job. And so I always ask. As a matter of fact, I was there today, and, and I said, is so-and-so here? She says, uh, and I started to tell her, but I don't need no uh, I need you to know if she's here or not. Because all of these, they're nice, but she knows how to get the job done. I don't have to tell her four and five times to do stuff. You know, she just she does an excellent job. So watch this. I ask for her and she's a server at a restaurant. So it doesn't matter what you're doing, be the best at it. If you're a nurse, be the nurse that when everybody comes in, they'll be like, I know my arm's falling off, but I need Nurse Jane. I know my arm is in the I know it's about to come out, but I need her. If you work at Walmart, be the person that when people come in, they're like, I'm not, oh, so-and-so, oh, I'm not getting my groceries today. I'm, when do they work next? So I said, research your industry well. Number two, beware of uh, MLMs. Now, um, this is not to endorse or come against anything. That stands for multi-level marketing. Uh, a lot of times, you know, when, whenever you're going to businesses and business pitches and that kind of thing, you have people say, man, you can make all this money, all this money. And one of the things I, I want to encourage you to do is, is say, well, have you made it? Because don't sell me a dream that you're not living when it comes to business. Now, if you're not, if the guy that's coming from out of town that's going to give the special presentation, if he does, great. I want to talk to him. Because I want to know that I want to know that this is realistic. Because a lot of times in those different, again, I'm not endorsing or, or not endorsing anything or endorsing anything. What I'm saying is, is just make sure you do your research. Don't, don't get sold on a dream to only discover the dream was a, a mirage. 
Okay? So, but, uh, so, so watch out for those. I'm not saying don't do it or do it. I'm just saying watch out for those. Because what you have is you have a lot of people. I remember a pastor um, got real excited. And uh, he got real excited and, um, about this particular business he was in a few years ago. And so he called me. I was like, ah, no, 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 no. Mm. Like, Bishop, just hear me out. I said, you got seven minutes. I said, really, you like seven. And matter of fact, actually like four. And so he goes over this business. He goes, he said, Bishop, I got Danny Glover on the phone. I got, I got so-and-so on the phone. I, maybe that wasn't the name, so I would, I would recant that. But I got a good memory, though. But okay, anyway, so he's like, I got this person, I got this person, I got this person. He's naming all these big people. I was like, that's great. And then, and then had me meet with a very, very well-known football player uh, that was part of this thing. I said, wow, okay, that's great. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. He said, Bishop, baby, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. Well, like two months later, the pastor was like, okay, what happened to all of that? Oh, man, I ain't even doing that no more. <laughs> now, I'm not saying, again, for it or against it. What I'm saying is just make sure that if you're going to engage in those things, just make sure you research it and, 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 and you know what you're getting into. And by understanding, I'm not going to name any specific kind of MLMs, uh, although if somebody tempts me, I will. That, number three, know your competition inside and out. If you're going to be a pizza owner, pizza shop owner, Guess what? You need to know everything there is to know about Pizza Hut. You need to know food costs. You need to know everything there is to know about that. Domino's made a comeback. Domino's said, we, we used to be on Ninja Turtles and stuff, and now we can't get on nothing, Domino's said. So Domino's like, we made a comeback. Now they stuff tastes real good now. Know your competition inside and out, meaning know everything that there is to know. Know your numbers. It goes back really back to number one. Know your competition inside and out. Know what it is that the business practices of the successful know what they're doing so you can, you can succeed. Okay? So if, you, if you, anybody in here want to own your own business at some point, anybody? Okay, good. So guess what? Well, then you need, you need to know the industry, so you need to know your competition inside and out. Okay, can I tell you, there's a reason why there's no uh, major soul food restaurants in Denver, Colorado. And, and then you'll, you'll have a dream one night. You'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, shut up. I had a dream. It was fried chicken and macaroni and cheese and greens. And... Well, but there's a reason it doesn't exist here. There's no demand. The demographic here doesn't demand that kind of cuisine. Now, if it's like, you know, you know, tofu fried chicken or something. No, that's possible. I know it. The demographic here demands that. But if you don't know your industry, you'll get out and make a lot of risks that aren't necessary because you're trying to give. Who is it? James Brown said you got to give the people what they want. They'll be like, my competition doesn't do this. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason they don't do that. Does that make sense, everybody? All right, all right. So know your competition inside and out. Number four, leverage your talents. Okay? Before you go out, especially if you're a business owner or even in your own personal life, remember these principles transcend. Y'all learn this tonight? Yeah. All right, then learn how to leverage what you have. Before you go out and pay somebody to do it, do it yourself. Which means, again, if you're a business owner, that means at the start, you're the CEO, you're the CFO, you're the chief janitor. Come on, I think I got some entrepreneurs that know what I'm talking about. You're the chief janitor. You're the chief customer service representative. Every email on your website come back to you. And you're trying to look big and got, you know, oh, just email Susie. And Susie, your alter ego. 
True entrepreneurs know what I'm talking about. You created other employees that were really you. If you're an entrepreneur, you know about that. Just email my admin, then you go home and send an email from you. <laughs> Leverage your talents. Before you start paying somebody else to do it, can you do it? Okay, one of the greatest things you could do, especially in business, and remember, these principles are insane. We're going to get to personal uh, principles in just a moment. But one of the greatest things you could ever do is know how to do everything in your organization. That way you can never be held hostage. You can't hold me hostage if I can do what you can do and do it better than you. No hostages. You might be, but not the one that knows I do everything. Okay, number five, learn how to leverage OPM. OPM stands for other people's money. Okay, now that might, now let me tell you, let me tell you what that doesn't mean. Let me hold some. <laughs> the Bible says if I need a coat, you're supposed to give me a coat. Well, I'll give you a coat. I ain't give you no check. Checks and coats are two different things. I'm just being facetious. Okay, learn how to leverage that, which means in business, um, if you can get access to capital in order to uh, be leveraged, sometimes that might be wise to do. If you can get investors, sometimes that might be wise to do. Okay, you leverage OPM. Other people's money. Okay. Number six, I gotta move for the sake of time. This is these these next ones are probably most important, these next two. Never. And you know, I'm not a, I don't believe in 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 um in absolutes. I don't like never, I don't like her sister, will not. You know, I, I don't like any of her relatives, anything related to never. Because when you speak in absolutes, there's a spiritual principle there that sometimes those absolutes will be challenged. What you declare publicly as an absolute might be challenged privately and vice versa. So, we say, so when people say, I'll never leave you. Well, let's just go on and just buy. Because when that never is challenged, do you have the intestinal fortitude to back it up? Okay. Never do business with family and friends. Watch the italicized word only because they're family and friends. But that's my fam. I'm going to give them a job. Worst decision you could ever make if that's the only reason you're making the decision. Only because they are family and friends. That's my friend. You know, we've been friends since the fifth grade and they need a job. And so worst decision you can ever make. Because you'll ruin the friendship to gain a bad employee. Never do business with family and friends only because they are family and friends. Does that make sense? Okay. Joseph learned that lesson. It's quiet in here. Esau learned that lesson. He and Jacob made a deal, and he's like, wait a minute. Oh, wait. I was hungry. Oh, you took my birthright? Yeah, I know. Okay. So, so don't, don't let these unbiblical principles of, well, you know, that's my blood. That's thicker than water. That's not biblical, number one. And number two, that may not be handling business properly. Okay. Number seven, never do business with a person only because they are a Christian. What I've learned is that Christian folk are blessed people. You ever had a Christian person not do a good job and then justify them not doing it because y'all both Christians? But man, okay, I paid you to wash my car. My car is not washed. Well, you know, come on, we both love the Lord. That ain't got nothing to do with you cleaning these rims. That ain't got nothing to do with that. Now, Christianity ain't got nothing to do with this. You bringing in stuff that's unrelated. Never let that be the only reason you do business with people. 
is because they are Christians. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I got to move to the, the, the last few, and then we're going to get to nine principles for personal success. I'm going to move expeditiously, but they're going to be good for you. Number eight, hold off on long-term commitments and make decisions on actual revenue, not projected revenue. Okay, this is very important. Even when you're budgeting for your life, I encourage you to, to, to not budget predicate. Here's a good budgeting tip, okay? So when you're making your 2015 budget, which the book teaches you how to do, and you're making your 2015 budget, don't budget, oh, I think I'm going to make more money. That's horrible budgeting. Horrible budgeting. Oh, no, because so-and-so said in June they're going to give me this. No, mm, that's not handling business. Business is handling once I got a contract in hand and a check. Then I'll count it. Okay, so here's how you do it. What you do is you budget off 90% of this year's revenue, income. So for 2015, budget off of 90% of what you made this year. Bishop, why? Now you're building in margin every year. Okay? Oh, I get it, Bishop. That tends not to tithe. No, you're mixing two different things up. No, 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 no. You're budgeting. So if you made $100,000 this year, See, close to Iris, see that. Then for 2015, you're only budgeting off of 90. And from that 90, your ties off and all that then comes off of the 90. Not, well, they told me I'm going to get a raise. I'm budgeting off of 130. That's horrible budgeting. Horrible. Okay? Don't budget off of projected revenue is a suggestion. None of the information shared or given tonight is intended to be financial advice. Please consult your own financial advisor in your own due time. No warranties are implied or guaranteed or expressed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> Number nine, when you're expanding your business, expand with expendable costs, not fixed costs. Okay, so one, one of the things that happens is when you get a business, when you're, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you, you're a visionary. So when you're a visionary, you're like, man, I'm going to get this big building, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And sometimes that can be the worst things to do. Sometimes what you do is expand with expendable costs and not fixed costs. That makes sense? Which means if your home office is working, just work it. Why are you building? So I can feel more official. Okay, put a sign outside of the office door in your house. <laughs> when your family and them walk in the office, make them call you Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Jones. How are you today? Yes, I'm doing fine. <laughs> you know, uh, all right, so be more official. But if your home office is working, don't go get, here it is, a fixed cost. Expand with expendable costs. What's expendable? It means I can get rid of it when I want to. I'm going to a contract. Does that make sense, everybody? Right. So when you're expanding, when you're growing your life, it's always good to start with things that are expendable and things that are not fixed. Because when it's fixed, it's fixed. And if something happens to your revenue source, now you've got this permanent thing there. Does that make sense? So if you've got the money to buy a car outright, and, and, and you're sitting here, well, no, but I really want this one. That's going to be long-term, you know, nine years of payments. You ain't even going to like it after 18 months. If you've got the ability to do that, you might want to evaluate uh, which way to go. Number 10, pray before every major decision. If they say, well, I need a decision right now over the phone. Well, then the answer is no. You don't rush me. Somebody else is looking at the building. Well, they can have it. It must not be mine then. 
Okay, one of the worst things you can do is get rushed into business decisions. Okay? So some of you, you get, you're at least getting ready to be up. They may got real quiet. It must be a lot of leases getting ready to be up. Or oh, everybody owns one of the two. So if your lease is getting ready to be up, but we need to know by tomorrow because this rate might go. Well, then if it goes up, it goes up. I don't know that I like y'all's customer service. So if it goes up, that's my answer. Bye. Deuces. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, adios. Amigos. You know, and nachos and all the rest of it, you know. Okay, don't, 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 don't. You want to have time to, to, to pray before every major decision. I got to know right now. No. That's it. Don't get emotionally attached. I'm the CEO. I got to show the books to the chairman. So I don't want the chairman to say, I rushed into that decision. When had I slept on it, the next day somebody was going to call and offer me this and this and this and this and this and that. Anybody got that? Now let's move. Is this helping anybody tonight? All right. Nine principles for personal success. Amen. Amen. You know, I'll shout you in a minute. Won't he do it? All right, here we go. Nine principles for personal success. Here you go. And remember, those principles transcend. I encourage you to get the book because it goes into much details of them. Say, I'm, I'm handling business. So tomorrow when somebody calls you and says, what are you doing? Don't say, oh, nothing. That's your confession. Hello. Is this on? So if your confession is nothing, no wonder you have nothing to show. Somebody says, what are you doing? Handling business. They'd be like, it's 11.30 at night. I know. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They call you at 5.45 in the morning. What are you doing? Handling business. Why? He told me to do business till he got back. So every time I tell you I'm handling business, I'm telling him I'm doing what you told me to do until you got back. All right, number one, minimize the use of credit cards. Credit line doesn't mean credit spin. <laughs> All right. And what happens is for many people, you just never taught about credit. So you go into college or whatever, and you got on a college campus, and they're like, here you go, it's free money. You're like, free money? Free more money, more money, more money. You're like, man, ain't God good? I just got to college and got a $3,000 credit limit. Didn't God do it? No, credit. <laughs> Credit line don't mean credit spin. You want to minimize the use of credit cards. Why? Because you have to pay it back. Okay? And if you carry a balance, you know, Jesus might beat you back. <laughs> First bank going to be trying to settle with Jesus. They're going to be like, hey, excuse me, Jesus. They owe us some money. They can't make it in. They owe us some money. Uh, you can't let them in. They didn't handle this, okay? So you want to you try to minimize the use of credit cards. Why? Because the interest, as it compounds, as it goes monthly, it's going to increase. Okay? Now, that's not to say, again, you know, you have, sometimes you have to do what you got to do. Okay? But doing what you got to do and going on a shopping spree because you feel discouraged are two different things. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Be honest with me. You know how sometimes you're just like, I just need, I need to do something. I don't never do nothing for myself. I'm just going <laughs> to charge it. Now you're looking at them shoes. They cost a hundred. 
but you're going to pay $3,498 for them shoes because you felt discouraged one day. Come on, let's be real. We've all made, you know, bad financial decisions. Okay? The money's not in the bank. Don't write the check. But I'm just believing. No, 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 no. You ain't believing God for nothing. That's the ninth principle. You lying on him. Okay. All right. So, so, so if, if the money's not there, because you're going to get a $10 pizza that once they finish, finish sending you to collections, it's going to be like a $500 pizza. Y'all not saying nothing. I hope it was the best pizza ever. That better have been the best Chinese food you've ever consumed in the historicity. I made it up of the world. Number two, make sure that your credit card and revolving credit items, revolving credit items are things that you pay, uh, pay on every month. You can carry a balance on them are always less than 50% of the available credit. Okay. And some of you got credit cards. You can fix that right away. Just call them and say, hey, listen, I want to apply for an increase. Sometimes they'll do it right there for you. You can raise the balance, and now you get your ratios right. Okay. You don't know if you don't ask, but I'm scared to call. Why are you scared? What if they say no? Okay, well then, now you know you can't do it. You're sitting there having spiritual warfare over a phone call. Just call him. Say, oh, she done up. I said, oh, thank you. And Bishop gave me that word too. I'm going to call him. Just call him. They're 24 hours. Somebody over in India is ready to answer the phone right now. Call him right now. <laughs> See, they got the music and everything. They're ready. Amen. <laughs> They're ready to answer. Okay. All right, number three. And, and that's, so I'm clear, that's no slide at anybody. It's just, they outsource. You know what I outsource? Because the CEO says we need to cut costs. And paying American workers $13, $14, $15 to answer the phone when we can pay overseas workers $2, 3 $4, bad for the books. Taking it overseas. Well, what about all those American jobs? Listen, I got I to gotta take these books to the chairman. So I pray that the Americans would pray themselves through. <laughs> I'm just saying, so don't get mad. Oh, we need to make it in America. Listen, if it, they have to report to somebody. So they have to handle business, not manage emotions. It's quiet in here. Bishop, they cut my pay. Well, okay, well, so are you going to keep working hard or not? It's quiet in this church. Okay. You Americans, my God. Okay. <laughs> Watch number three. Watch this. Bookstore, you're going to like this. Put it up. Number three. Always negotiate, except with the bookstore and cafe. Okay. Don't go out there trying to, but Bishop said negotiate. Some people used to do this when I say negotiate. And they go in the bookstore and be like, well, Bishop said negotiate. So I'm going to buy all them packages for $4. That's what I'm trying to go say. Well, make me a counter. Make me a counter. No, okay, listen. <laughs> no, don't do it there. <laughs> but everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Negotiate. Listen to this. Write this down, no takers. You don't get what you pay for. You, you get what you negotiate. You don't get what you pay for. You get what you negotiate. You can negotiate a better deal. So if you go to a car lot, say, well, they said the price is... Okay, so did you say, this is my offer? Well, no, I don't feel like going back and forth. See, you're not handling business. 
Well, they said one low, no haggle price. <laughs> well, that's nice for her <laughs> and for him. As for me, I'll give you 15. That, that's the best I can do. And I'm going to need this done today. I'm not going to be in here all day. It don't take that long. Y'all flying down to Experience Headquarters to pick it up, ain't you? It don't take all day to get this done. By the way, when you're doing a car deal, don't leave that, with that lot unless you got an approval in your hand. This is an FYI. This is a suggestion. No warranties implied or guaranteed of any kind. Oh, we got you done. Banks got you done. Notice what bank you know open on Saturday. The system said it. Great. Show me the printout. We can't show you. Well, I can't drive. Okay. In that car contract, there's something called. Okay. Let me teach you. There's a clause in the contract that says if the deal doesn't get done, that you're responsible sometimes up to $50 a day and X amount of uh, cents per mile. So what do you do when you get a new car? You drive around the whole city to show everybody. You didn't put 4,000 miles on your car in two days. You went to here, Dallas, Houston, Oklahoma City, Miami. I got to get back for church. Got to get back for church. Call the hotline. Call the hotline. Got to get back for church. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. All those miles, if the deal doesn't get done, they can, and you say, well, I put $2,000 down. I'm going to need my check back. Oh, no, man, we're keeping your check. You didn't keep my check. You didn't get the deal done. Oh, you signed right here that says if the deal didn't get done, then we could charge you $50 a day and X amount of cents per mile. So, no, we're going to keep it. I'm going to call my attorney. Great. Take him this when you, when you go to him. Just say FYI. Okay. That just helps somebody. And they need to show you an approval. And then say, you know what? I need a copy of that. We can't make you a copy. Well, you're going to have to redact what you need to redact, but I'm going to need a piece of paper that says it's approved. Okay, that's just very, very, that's very okay, just, just trying to help somebody. <laughs> Amen. All right, all right, so always negotiate, okay? If, if, if you're at the store and something's got damage on it, negotiate. Come on, I know some ladies, y'all, and say, See, fellas, we got to do that too now because, see, the ladies, they'll do it. They'll be like, it's a mark on there. <laughs> I'm going to need 30% off. It's a mark. <laughs> okay? Always negotiate. <laughs> so, fellas, you're like, man, just buy the shirt. But you got to negotiate, though. You to negotiate. Amen? Amen? All right, number four, always plan conservatively. Always plan conservatively. When it comes to business of your life, be conservative with your planning. What does conservative mean? I'm not talking about a, pol a political uh, a view. What I'm talking about is, you know, liberal to, in the sense of abundance or more than, conservative, less than. Thrifty. I didn't say plan cheap. So let, let me give you a definition of the difference. So conservatively says, you know what? Um, you know, um, I know, you know, last month I had five weeks and all this. And so, you know what? I want to make sure. Let me plan conservative. 
No, I'm not going to say that. Because then I'm going to have to have them take the CD out. When I be says, I'll be like, no, nah, take that CD out of there. And, this, and I got to teach 2.0 and 4.0 and all this. So, so, so just touch your name and say, be conservative in your planning. All right, so just be conservative in your planning. <laughs> okay, number five. Watch your bank account every day. Let me tell you the power of this. I was talking to somebody today. Uh, today. They uh, looked at their bank account this morning. They discovered that their credit card had been compromised and thousands of dollars in charges were made uh, that weren't there yesterday. And when they talked to the person, they discovered that uh, and the people were still online trying to buy stuff at Walmart.com and all kinds of stuff. Okay, but had they not checked their bank account, they would have looked at their account and said, wait a what's going on? Then you call and give the customer service rep a tough time when really you, you just, just check your bank account every day. Watch it every day. Somebody said, well, Bishop, what if, I, what if I ain't nothing in there to watch? Well, log into it to prophesy to it. <laughs> Open it up and say, in the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare that by this time tomorrow. We're starting a series this weekend called Bless. You got to make sure that the blessed life, you got to make sure you I'm going to open this thing up for you. All right, number, uh, number six, learn the power of saving. Learn the power of saving. Learn the power of saving. You don't have to spend everything. Amen. Amen. You don't have to spend everything. You don't have to spend everything. Learn the power of saving. You don't have to spend everything. Just because you made it doesn't mean you have to spend it. And some folks are like, I got an extra $40 left over from this check. Save it. No, I was going to run to the store. Not the store, the store. Okay. Learn the power of saving. Mister, what's a good place to start? You know, start where you can start. If it's five bucks, if it's ten bucks, if it's five thousand bucks, if it's five hundred, start wherever you can start. What will happen is over time, you'll start making great progress there. Next thing, and then I, I got to get this done. Um, number seven, always seek financial advice from people who have good financial knowledge. Okay. So you might want to be careful if you're giving financial advice from um, people who maybe don't have good financial management. So, you know, if you're asking somebody that's always asking you for something, what financial decision you should make, you might want to reconsider. I'm just saying, you might want to reconsider asking them about that because they're probably going to tell you, oh, child, you only live once. YOLO, spend that money. The Lord's coming back. Some of y'all have had people tell you that, right? And they told you, Jesus is coming back. You don't need to do all that. All right, number eight, get everything in writing, which I already made um, reference to earlier. Get everything in writing. Because they told me, I can't tell you how many prayer requests come in for different things, and, and people say, is there so-and-so company told me they're going to do such and such and such, and they didn't do it, and I'm so mad. Well, did you have them write it down? Well, no, they told me. And your word versus theirs. How do you know you didn't hear it wrong? And you're just so wrapped up in the emotions of the decision that you didn't step back as an executive and say, now explain this to me again. Get everything in writing. And then here's the, even when you get it in writing, if who wrote it is, is you know, uh, unscrupulous, even in writing, you may still have to fight to make them do what they wrote to do. 
okay? All right, but get everything in writing, all right? Get everything in writing. Amen. All right, okay, last point, last principle, rather. Don't lie on God. <laughs> Ambition, what does that mean? That's foolish overspending in the name of spirituality. Now, let me be clear about what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about giving. God will often, in your giving, tell you to sacrifice. Sacrifice means it hurts. He'll often be like, I'm going to need all that. No, four and five. I'm going to need all of that. <laughs> He'll often do that. Okay? He'll often do that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you have to be How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.